So I'd like to uh, call the regular meeting of the uh, Peter Town <coughs> Council February 10th to order at uh, 5.01. And we have an agenda in front of us. Um, are there any changes to that agenda? Okay, would someone like to move the acceptance of the agenda? Mr. Good, thank you. All those in favor? In favor. Great, it's carried. Okay, then we have the uh, minutes of the January 27th, 2020 regular council meeting. We had a chance to review. Are there any suggested changes to those minutes? Madam Deputy Mayor, just a Colin, uh, I just wanted to mention that we have added the 55, Alberta 55 plus games regional bid and the tour was last week and it went really well. So no changes to the minutes though. Okay, thank you. Okay, would someone like to move the acceptance of the minutes? I'll do that. Thank Deputy you. Mayor, I could move the, uh, I could move the minutes of the point presented. Okay, uh, Mr. Needham, uh, all those in favor? Favor. It's carried. Okay, we are now at public hearings and uh, we have, uh, let's see, I've got to do this formally and i got to do it the correct way. So, uh, we need a motion to open the public hearing. Ms. Downing moves, all those in favor? Okay. So, um, I hereby declare that this statutory public hearing open at 502 and note that this hearing is held pursuant to section 78230606 and 692 of the Municipal Government Act. I request the government the executive assistant to confirm what the purpose of the public hearing is. Madam Deputy Mayor and Gallery, the purpose of this hearing is bylaw 2067 to amend the land use bylaw 1891 to redistrict 9501 100th Street and amend C-R and R-D districts. Thank you. And if you could also uh, tell us when the public hearing notice was advertised in the local newspaper or under the terms of the advertising bylaw. The statutory public hearing notice was published in the local newspaper, The Record Gazette, on January 29th and February 5th, 2020. Notice was provided in accordance with Bylaw 2034, the advertising bylaw, by posting the notice on the Town of Peace River website, by posting on the official social media sites, and by posting the notice prominently on the bulletin board in Town Hall main entrance. And can you confirm that any written submissions received and not included in the public hearing agenda package are read into the record if there are some? We have received no written comments to the Town of Peace River office. Thank you. So I would ask that all persons giving oral presentations are to clearly state their name and that the presentations are to be brief and to the point. And I will now call on the Development officer or designate. So that's Mr. Town. Good evening, uh, Deputy Mayor and Council. Yes, so, uh, you know, finance, uh, airport, economic development, fire protection wasn't enough hats. I'm going to have this one uh, this evening. So I hope you'll bear with me. But I actually did work with the planner um, on this file as we put it together. So I'm 
little more familiar with it than I, than I normally am for planning um, or bar law changes. Um, Ms. Susan Martino is also here to assist if, if there's any questions. Before council this evening is an application to amend the land use bar law to enable the drive-through at 9501-100 Street in the downtown Port Peace River. So an application has been received to amend the land use bar law to enable a drive-through restaurant at the subject property, which is shown in subject or figure one, um, which is the KFC uh, restaurant uh, north of our location here. Um, specifically, the applicant, who's also the owner, has applied to redistrict, redistrict the subject property to a district where a drive-through restaurant is a permitted use, as the current zoning does not permit. The subject property is currently located in a primarily or primary commercial district C1. Um, since the drive-through restaurant is not listed under C1 district, um, no drive-through restaurant is allowed. Um, the site was originally developed with its current use back in 1968, originally named Chicken Village. Um, an additional increase in the size of the building was uh, that occurred in 1981, and the applicant has submitted conceptual draft site plan demonstrating to how a drive-through could fit onto the property, which is the second page uh, in figure number two. So the subject site as is is fairly compact. Yep. Councillor Needham, would you be able to mute your phone, please? We're getting quite a bit of uh, back feed. Sounds like this one's great. Uh, I can do that. I saw your text. It was just. Uh... Thank you. So the subject site, as the report says, is, is relatively compact. Um, administration has been working closely with the applicant to ensure the site can sufficiently accommodate drive-through. Um, uh, the lane, staff parking, and customer parking. I think top of mind from an administrative perspective is to ensure that traffic in the area is not impacted, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, the development of the drive-through will decrease the available on-site parking down to three stalls, and they'll have to make interior modifications to accommodate this, um, as they'll have to decrease the number of tables within the restaurant down to three. There's a four to one ratio um, for every four seats within a restaurant, there should be one parking spot, so this is the accommodation. An additional two stalls will be provided for staff. There's a number of options, number of options on how to enable the use at this location. Um, we could add a drive-through restaurant as a listed use under the C1 district. We could redistrict the subject property to C2 or CR, and that is what we're showing in Figure 3 or apply a spot overlay that adds drive-through restaurant as a permitted use on this site only and maintaining the underlying C1 district. The proposed bylaw, which has received first reading, was drafted based on the application and administration's recommendation approach uh, to enabling this use. The bylaw redistricts the subject property to CR and amends the listed drive-through restaurant use from a permitted to discretionary within the CR and RD districts. And these are districts that are both within the downtown. While reviewing the application, administration also reviewed enabling, uh, enabling of drive-through restaurant within the downtown core. Bylaw changes drive-through restaurant use from permitted to discretionary 
within the downtown core. This is, in, this is inconsistent with the application's request for a drive-through restaurant being listed as a permitted use. However, the rationale for changing drive-through restaurant use from permitted to discretionary throughout the downtown is that given a diversity of uses, the proximity of the river, river and unique traffic patterns, the town should retain discretion with respect to fixture of any or any future placement of drive-through restaurants or any drive-through type um, functions or services within the downtown core. But these rationales um, explain further below. Um, as the executive assistant has said, this proposed bylaw has been advertised in compliance with the advertising bylaw 2034. I won't go through those, but again, um, within requisite newspapers, local postings, plus uh, affected property owners have also been um, notified. Uh, no official comments have been committed to or submitted to the town. However, there have been numerous comments on two Facebook posts which occurred during the, uh, the advertising period. Those are shown within the report on pages. Somewhere here. And of course, I can't find it. I have to. <coughs> I have blank pages here, so I can't say where they were, but they were they were submitted as part of the report. Um, generally, the the people who had submitted them were were supportive. Um, six reacted positively to the drive-through restaurant. Um, one comment suggested that the drive-through should go on the West Hill where the drive-throughs are located. Uh, three commented on the aspects of the development and specifically if there'd be any impact on the park immediately to the south, the little pocket park that we have there, just to the north of the traffic circle. Um, traffic impacts for the development and issues around um, if the subject parcel um, is contaminated. Uh, just to clarify, there's no impact or no uh, suspected impact to Link Weaver Park as the drive-through development would be entirely on the KFC property. <clears throat> the queuing aisle within the property is approximately 27 meters, um, which is equivalent to four vehicles, uh, to the intercom, and then another 63 meters to the proposed pickup window. This would allow for a total of nine queuing spots on site. Um, by comparison, uh, the McDonald's on the West Hill has a queuing aisle that's approximately 25 <coughs> meters and 58 meters, um, which is uh, comparable. Uh, the distance to the pedestrian crossing just north of the traffic circle is an additional 77 meters away, um, where you could say another 11 vehicles could be backed up onto the road before impacting the traffic circle. Uh, further evaluation of possible queuing impacts, a potential for resulting unsafe traffic movements, could be informed by a traffic impact assessment. At this time, the administration has been in contact with Alberta Transportation, um, who has indicated a desire to see the site plan, but not indicated a requirement for a traffic impact assessment at this time. Um, in terms of the contamination that was brought into question, 
there's no contamination in the general area of town, but no known contamination at the site, which is a high point of elevation. So that's not considered an issue through this application. Um, at the development permit stage, administration and consultant in consultation with Alberta Environment um, will determine if an environmental site assessment is required to conform or confirm the presence of any contamination and any reclamation if necessary. Um, so other impacts, drive-through is auto-orientated use that can have a variety of impacts on municipality and proximity to the site. Um, over the last several decades, a number of Canadian municipalities have considered and implemented partial or full bans on drive-through restaurants. Um, Town of Peace River not allowing drive-throughs in the C1 district could be considered a partial ban, albeit confined to an area of town. And the rationales for the set of policy and regulatory changes are multifaceted, related to the proposed bylaw in different ways um, for the site and broader changes for C2 and RD districts more broadly. So there are some rationales for these sites in specific. Um, I'm not going to go through them in detail. They are listed out. Council has read the agendas. Um, but there are health promotion, healthy environments, uh, visual appeal, and character aesthetics, um, potential noise issues that might derive from having a drive-through on the site, traffic safety, which we've discussed and is a potential concern and issue for the site. Um, protecting local economy, which um, probably is a limited issue as this is just a, an extension of a use, not necessarily new uh, use. Um, some environmental concerns with idling. Um, walkability, which is um, in the site, there's, as you see in the picture, there's no sidewalk. The sidewalk ends pretty close to the, the proposed property. Um, so from a walkability perspective and traffic perspective, there could be some challenges there. And I just want to be clear I'm, I'm to ensure that Council is understanding that um, the approval of the bylaw change does not mean that this is approved as is. It still has to go through the um, our Municipal Planning Commission. Um, and they will be able to provide their input on what they would like to see at the site and, and do their, their steps. But this just allows um, the authority to move to those steps. In terms of the Municipal Development Plan, the plan does not specifically speak to development at the preferred location of drive-ins within our plan. Um, this application is generally consistent with the objective of the MDP um, to reinforce downtown as the core of the town. Um, however, it may be inconsistent with the guiding principle for future development as um, that new development is healthy and walkable. Um, Intermunicipal development plans, so again, this is new, uh, consistent with the municipal development plans. Um, the proposed bylaw amendment was circulated to Northern Sunrise County because the subject site is within their IDP area with us. Um, the bylaw confirmed on January 28th that they do not have any concerns or comments respecting this bylaw. There are several options for Council to consider. Option one is that Council provide second reading to the bylaw. Option two is that Council provide second and third reading 
to the bylaw. Um, option three is that council direct administration to require additional information, including traffic assessment, traffic impact assessments or environmental site assessments or site plan that shows an extension of the town's sidewalk network and landscaping um, be submitted prior to considering the bylaws for the readings. Um, and then option four is that council defeat second or third reading for this. If there's any questions, we will answer to the best of our ability. I think um, we now are going to though, call on those who are in favor of the bylaw and then we'll come back to the questions. So are there any who would like to come forward and speak in favor of the bylaw? Okay. Um, I will now call on those opposed to the bylaw to come forward. Okay, I will now call on any person deemed to be affected who wishes to be heard. Okay, so um, I'll now allow questions from members of the council. So, councillors, any questions? Deputy Mayor, am I, uh, am I okay to speak? Yes, you are. So, Councillor Needham? Yes, am I, am I clear to just throw a quick question out? Yes, you are. It, it, is the proponent in the audience, or would staff be able to answer? Just uh, curious, is the proponent considering uh, an extension of their business hours? Uh, I know lots of discussion around traffic patterns and noise, and I can't imagine anything being more noisy than a scene for rail train, but, but I'm just curious. Uh, there. Is the, uh, are, is the, are the business hours being extended? Okay, I'm getting a uh, uh, nod no from one of the owners, I believe. <laughs> is that your intention, sir? Uh, right now, uh, there's no change in the hours. He's saying right now there are no changes planned in the hours. Any other questions, Councillor Needham? Great. Any others from other councillors? Okay. Um, so I uh, now call on uh, anyone to make a concluding statement uh, from those that have made the presentation. So I guess Mr. Town, that would be you? No? No. Okay. Okay. Seeing that all presentations have been made, I will now declare, declare the public hearing closed at 519. Thank you, Mr. Town. <coughs> So, Council, we have this in front of us. Um, someone like to make a motion? <coughs> Councillor Good? I'll move option two that we provide second and third reading to bylaw number 2067. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you. Can, that's uh, your option as to whether you want to follow it immediately or whether you want to wait. Okay, well, how about we do this right now? So, um, Councillor Good has moved um, second reading. Second reading. Second, yeah. second and third. So, second reading, just one. Yeah. 
Second reading to bylaw 2067. Any uh, further discussion? All those in favor? In favor? Councillor Needham? Uh, I'm sorry, in favor? Great. Great. It's carried. Um, any further motions? I move that we go to third reading. Don't have to. I move third reading. Let's do it. Okay. Thank you, Councillor Scamahorn. Any further discussion? All those in favor of third reading? In favor? Okay. Councilor Reading is in favor of 2067, third reading. Sounds like a winner. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. So the mayor has now joined us, and so I'll invite him up to the chair. hearing on bylaw 2067 and the bylaw was passed um, and uh, so there's yeah so we'll go straight to presentations uh, Peace, Peace River Library will put forward their budget and uh, okay Bylaws first, yes. Bylaws first. Okay. We thought all units cute. Thank you. So everyone has a copy of the guide to the bylaws that was sent in advance? Yeah. Fabulous. Which one do you want? Bylaws. Could you please let me know your names for the record? Uh, Channing Stenhouse. And Chelsea Ferguson. I do have a question before people start. Was your question regarding the opening hours uh, because you wanted to know that whether KFC would extend their hours so you could have a midnight snack or what? <laughs> <laughs> what was the motivation behind your question? 
because our bylaws do look significantly different than they did last year. It's a lot easier to look at the gist of it rather than the fine points. Um, the points that we have uh, changed are we've uh, made the memberships more accessible and are hoping to allow ourselves to collect beta, uh, better data um, by moving to a flat rate of $15. So it would be flat rate whether you are single or a family. Um, that way we can get consistent data in terms of how many family members and the like, um, at the same time leading to making things more affordable for people. Um, we've created some flexibility. Our bylaws used to be very much all or nothing in terms of what we could do um, when we had uh, patrons who were um, con uh, consistently accruing fines and having issues managing their accounts. Um, so we created a clause to allow for us to put limits on, on certain accounts. Uh, so if we see a pattern emerging, uh, perhaps, for example, with uh, uh, some of our uh, our patrons who are homebound who have trouble keeping track of a lot of materials, if we have a limit of, say, five, then we can go ahead and put those in place to help them manage uh, their services so they don't stop services, they just, it's amended. Um, we did add some time to some of our loan periods. Uh, so we went ahead and we changed a couple of things to make them so you have a little bit more time. Um, as well as we added in a perk for local folks to make it so that uh, new books as they're coming in have to be checked out physically. They can't be placed on hold else to go out in the province uh, until we've had a chance for our local people to enjoy them. Um, we've moved to better fines. I know some folks might not think there's no such thing as better fines, but we've tried to make it better. Um, so we introduced a $2 fee option. So for example, if uh, your children had a book and they scribbled all over the very first page, the life of that book has been diminished, but the book is not going to be pulled immediately. Um, so we added a $2 option for that to um, make things a little bit more fair instead of asking people to pay for the price of the book. Um, we also uh, reduced the maximum late fines, meaning that uh, essentially the fines will stop accruing faster. So if you're having a busy week or you're a little bit sick, um, you can't get into the library, um, you can stop accruing fees a little bit faster. Um, we built in a green initiative. Uh, it's just a small little initiative to encourage people to print double-sided. Um, we uh, are trying to encourage businesses to uh, take advantage of the library. Uh, we do have several schools, for instance, that uh, um, offer their staff accounts. Uh, so we've changed the process for that, made it so that they can purchase vouchers. Uh, so we're kind of removing ourselves from being the middleman for that process, as well as giving them a discount at the same time. Um, we've clarified 
um, where sometimes we can't help you. Um, for instance, we, uh, if you borrow materials from another library, um, the owning library gets to decide some of the, the responses to whether or not we can dismiss fines or, or uh, excuse the fact that you lost a book. If you had a really good story, it's outside of our hands. We'll clarify that. I'm not sure I can share, but <laughs> there are some good stories out there for sure. Um, we've made the we have made sure that the bylaws are very functional. So we worked with the Peace Library system to make sure that they work within the bounds of our contract with PLS, as well as we did uh, put this to uh, several of our staff members went through it with a fine tooth comb to make sure it works within uh, the systems that we have. We've streamlined some of our processes, um, so we're really encouraging families to move towards a single card for the family. Um, we used to have associate memberships, which sometimes meant that yes, your child had their own card, but your child also accrued their own fees, which was a not so pleasant surprise for a lot of parents, so we're trying to get away from that and streamline the process. And lastly, we, we worked with the uh, Public Library Services branch to remove redundancies. There were some areas where we had some overlap with the Libraries Act, and, uh, and under their guidance, we were able to remove a lot of those redundancies. Any questions? I don't have any questions. You guys have questions? The right wing of the Sounds good. The left wing, I'm sure that's good. So, we are library patrons of yeah. some sort, somewhere. <laughs> Anyways, um, so with these fees, will your income change at all? Um, it, it's not, for the fines, it, it shouldn't be a difference of any more than $3,000 um, in terms of the, the moving to the flat rate of membership. Um, the really important piece is that we, we know that the people of Peace River have been struggling. Um, we've had a number, a large number, about 120 cards move from family memberships to single memberships, despite the fact that it is still a family that is using the card, um, all to save $5. Um, so our data is also very valuable to us, so we're thinking that this is the price we pay to make sure that our data is valuable, as well as giving uh, giving the tech people of Peace River a break. Thank you. So um, my, my question goes back to when, when we, uh, on Canada's 150th birthday, we, uh, our present to the community was a, a free library cards. So, did the membership jump up at that point, or and then did it drop the year after? Um, so yes, the membership did go up, and then it did come right back down as well. Uh, we did hold on to a certain number of people. Um, so in the next presentation that you'll hear from me, you'll see that like oh, since 2015, we've gone up about 100 memberships and stayed there consistently. We had gotten up to about 950 from right now. We're averaging about uh, right around 800 and 810. Um, but with that, we also went through the data to find out that a lot of those memberships, some of those extras, I don't know if, if people had been, uh, uh, if we had set people up to have a successful membership, but a lot of them were less utilized than the memberships that we currently have. Your worship, I have been a part of this process, so they're bang on. <laughs> Perhaps you could ask questions just so you could edify the rest of it. <laughs> uh, I don't have any good ones off the top of my head. No. Do you have a very supportive board? 
but very supportive of this. Yes, yes, Your Worship. There's uh, one, two, three, four, four other people in the gallery, and then Chelsea and Chang. So yeah, it's a supportive group of people. So some staff, some board, and some friend of the library, Leslie, of course. But we don't do anything with the bylaw, do we? Do we pass it? We do. The municipal government needs to pass the library bylaw as presented, or the opportunity for council to provide the board, the library board, with some feedback. It's okay. under new business. Okay. It's a new business item. Okay. We'll be prepared. Okay. So you can move on to your presentation yeah. now, then. So we're right into the next one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's fine. I'll just latch on to the third one. So I will kind of step in and do a few words while you're setting that up. So as part of our budget deliberations, we do invite some of our, um, I don't want to say larger budget impact people, but um, we, we do give uh, organizations the opportunity to come and speak about their budget just to inform council. Uh, let them know where their challenges are. Um, the library is the first one that we're seeing this year, but we've also set up and we're scheduling, for example, a Chamber of Commerce to come in, Rotary House, those types of organizations. So um, again, just time to uh, be able to gather information, uh, disseminate their budget impacts on ours, and um, this will be part of our overall budget discussion. since everybody's already been introduced and thank you to our supporters in the back we really appreciate it um, so quick overview of 2019 at the library um, we had over 53,000 items loaned in Peace River um, over 44,000 uh, visits to the library um, as uh, a staff we answered over 11,000 reference questions so if ever the question is why do we still have uh, people <laughs> that is why <laughs> Um, we had almost 9,000 uh, computer sessions, so those are 30-minute computer sessions at our public computers. Um, about our facility and collection, we have seven public computer stations, soon to be eight. Thank you to the friends of the library. I'm hoping that will happen this week. Um, we have maker stations and almost 100 board games, uh, access to over 70-plus e-resources through our partnership with Peace Library System, and we currently have a collection of over 30,000 items. On average, every month, we have 802 cardholders um, using the allowable provincial multiplier. That means we're providing lending service um, to um, just about 2,500 residents. Um, our, we have 27 programs that, on average, are hosted each month with 228 visits from children, 23 visits from teens, and 191 visits from adults. Um, so we are uh, a community hub. Um, we do have a lot of families that use the library uh, in a lot of different ways. So, uh, for example, on Thursdays, we have about four families that are all homeschooling their children. They get together to get all the kids to practice their French, which is a lot of fun to watch. Um, we have a lot of friends that'll meet at the library. We've had a large increase in the number of teens that are using the library as a gathering space. 
Um, we have different clubs and organizations uh, like Piece of Art uh, and APEGA that use the library to do conduct their meetings and, and meet with their groups. And then we also have some folks that use the library for small business opportunities. So um, we do have a couple of people that use the library to tutor. Um, so we have quite a few uh, folks coming through the library in that way as well. And I see you have some superheroes that drop in from time to time. We do from time to time. We get some really great characters through the library. Um, we offer the community an opportunity for affordable education and entertainment. Um, we have lots of different materials for people to check out, books, movies, TV series. Um, so it's really beyond uh, the traditional book lending. Um, we also have kids in-house use of board games. Um, we have a lot of programs for entertainment as well. Um, so whether that's for children, we've got, we start them young with the story time, move them into some of the after-school programming. We provide the programs in the summer, like Summer Reading Club. Um, and then also adult programs, um, you know, and even things that, uh, that are sort, sort of passive that you can take home, like we have some information and, and the ability to take home the echo meters for bats and, and some wonderful things. Um, we've had, we host a lot of events. We've had culture days. Uh, a couple of life-size board game events. Um, uh, Breakfast with Santa is always a favorite, as well as one of our uh, our haunted house. Um, we are a community equalizer and a money saver. Um, and I really wanted to. This is my most exciting slide for today. Um, checking out material, whether it's checking out materials or using our e-resources um, or using some of our in-house e-resource or in-house resources, there are a lot of ways to save money at the library. Um, and this brings me to uh, I, get, I want to have a couple questions for you. Um, and uh, Mayor Tarpey, I was wondering if I could share with your permission um, how much money you saved at the library last year. Sure, go ahead. Fabulous. Uh, you saved nine hundred and two dollars. Oh, um, uh, are you going to tell them how, how much of mine? I saw you a couple times. I guess sixty dollars. <laughs> but that's uh, that still doesn't quite balance out. Uh, uh, Councillor Needham, I'm wondering if I can ask you the same question. May I share how much money you saved at the library last year? Colin. <laughs> Oh, he's, he's trying to... I just, uh, no, no, I, I, I've, uh, I've got this mute feature on my phone. Uh, I suspect, uh, I've got a reading history of uh, over 800, but I suspect I'm more than $6,000. In your lifetime, if I may share, yes, that is correct. Um, yes. Yes. And so, of course, the lifetime yes. is since we got this feature, which was in uh, June of 2016. Uh, so it ha this is not an actual lifetime, but you've saved uh, over $6,800 uh, since then. Um, okay, so I said, I said $6,000, so I was close. You're pretty good, yep, absolutely. <laughs> Councillor Shamhorn, may I yeah. share? Uh, yeah, I suppose. All right. As long as you're not going into my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my book history is fine, that can be public knowledge. <laughs> Of course not. Um, so your family this year alone uh, saved over $4,800 in checking out materials at the library. In one year? In one year, and uh, since June of 2016, your family saved over $14,000. Did I set the high score? Yes. <laughs> May I continue? <laughs> so is this a CIA benefit, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even go Only if you read them, I suspect. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, 
course. Uh, I have two families uh, that also agreed, uh, two young families that agreed to share uh, how much they've saved this year. Uh, both families saved over $16,000 this year. Um, Andrea and Terry Hogan, um, they, they and their family, they saved over $46,000 in materials since 2016. And uh, Nicholas and Annette Eddian family, they've saved over $54,000. And they're not the winners. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked people I know. I didn't go looking for the most. Um, I have a list of just 10 people, yourselves included, um, that have saved anywhere between uh, $900 to $16,000. Um, we even have uh, two patrons who can't make it to the library who are homebound um, that we provide service to out at Bookmobile. And both of those patrons have each saved just this year over $4,900 each. Um, so the total for 2019 in just 10 people is a total savings of over $58,000. And we do have 802 members. Um, and then for those 10 people in their lifetime since since we got the feature in 2016, um, there's a savings of $187,000. So, very much a, <laughs> a community equalizer and money saver. That, that is staggering numbers. We can put it together. Thanks, Chad. Um, so we are also working pretty diligently to get out into the community to provide more outreach. Um, that does include the seniors facilities and assisted living facilities. So we are at Heritage Towers as well as at Points West at this point. Um, we've been trying to work uh, to get up to uh, Sutherland Place if it's going to be possible. Um, we're supporting our partners as best as possible. So when Powwow last year got moved because of the smoke, um, uh, we ended up providing more children's entertainments at our, at our booth so that we could make up for um, some of the other partners that weren't able to make it after the rescheduling. Um, we're providing support out at Concert in the Park, uh, Teddy Bear Picnic. Basically, anybody that'll have us, we're trying to get out into the community and provide some more services. Peace River 100. Mm -hmm. Um, we're also working hard to create collaboration and use the resources that are available to us through our partners. So we have partnered with organizations like Sagitawa, the Women's Shelter, um, Northern Boreal Research Institute, um, you name it. If they'll partner with us, we'll have them in or um, try to get word out about them as well. So that does bring us to the ask. Um, we are asking for funding. Uh, consistent with the levels that we had last year um, and we are very appreciative of the 3.7% increase that we had uh, that was an increase over uh, what we had in 2015. Um, and just, to, just a reminder as to where that number came from last year, since 2015 we have experienced, according to the Bank of Canada, 7.83% uh, inflation and a 47% increase to the minimum wage. Um, so all of that has just uh, come up to more cost for us. Um, we're doing our best and we're very happy with, uh, with the funding levels that we received last year. We look forward to being able to continue to provide services. And uh, I wanted to end with a favorite quote. I had a patron in who said, the three things I always carry with me are my ID, my library card, and my debit card. And he said them in that order. <laughs> so thank you very much, Kiefer. Um, libraries are a smart investment. Uh, we are in a unique uh, situation where we have the ability to appeal to a lot of different stakeholders, whether you are a sports fan, a gamer, uh, 
whether you consider yourself artsy. We have materials uh, that are interesting uh, for leisure. We have materials that are available for people who are starting businesses. Um, we have materials that are available for people who are on the go, who need to access our e-resources, um, or you know, who want to access newspapers that aren't otherwise available in town. Um, we are in a unique situation to be able to provide to many people. So we appreciate the support and uh, we're open for questions. You uh, mentioned uh, the Boreal Research Center. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have a collaboration with them. What's the nature of that collaboration? They, they get their scientific papers through you or? No, I think that one was around, uh, that one was around the bats and then we also had them through, uh, they actually did an art exhibit. We partnered oh, with them see. for an okay. art exhibit as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks. Councilman, you I'm curious about the, the wedding that was hosted in the library. What, uh, was that a one-off because uh, they were former staff or why, why, why did you end up with a wedding? Or are you just trying to be entrepreneurial? I genuinely was downstairs trying to remember all the creative ways that people have used the library when someone came in and said, could we book the Penn West room? We want to get married. <laughs> It was fabulous, uh, so we, we made sure that the space was nice and ready for them, and uh, uh, you know, I wasn't invited, so <laughs> I can't really speak to the rest. Maybe they were penalized employees or something. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I have a question. Um, so uh, the library's um, got part of an indigenous uh, grant. Could you maybe expand at Peace Rivers uh, using some of that? Of those funds from Peace Library System through that grant process and how you're using it? Sure. Um, so there is a grant available to provide um, <coughs> services out to uh, different reserves. At this point, we don't have anything um, that we're utilizing through that grant. Um, we've been on the periphery under understanding that there have been a couple of different initiatives about getting library service out to Kadot. On, uh, on both sides. Uh, I'm not sure where that ended up, but we, if ever we are asked to continue or to provide support to that, we would be 100% behind that. Do you uh, do anything specific to reconciliation activities with First Nations people? Um, certainly. When we've, um, when we've done the culture days, we've tried to make sure that we are absolutely uh, bringing in uh, the indigenous perspective. Um, we also provided a partnership out to powwow. Um, we provided children's activities at the, uh, the Treaty 8 monument unveiling. Um, we are continuing to develop our collection in a way that is responsible, that includes books not just about indigenous issues, but by indigenous authors. Um, and we're always looking for ways to continue uh, um, providing service to the indigenous community. So I know we like to tease that uh, I'm always going to be a big uh, proponent of the library uh, here at the at, at council, along with Elaine, as but, she sits on. But the, you didn't save any money. Huh? 
Yeah, not much. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't use the public library as often as you would talk. Maybe, maybe we should rethink our appointment. <laughs> <laughs> that might not be a bad idea. No, they don't want to get rid of it. No, you have to think of it that we're spending that much money by not using the library. <laughs> exactly. It's at the other side. But your worship, I really wanted to draw to your attention some of the library at your at a glance when we talk about uh, eight thousand seven hundred and twenty-two computer sessions that that alone uh, has a huge ripple effect in our community I know that in 2020 we like to think that everybody has a home computer or access to a home computer but that's not the case um, it not the case so much that we're in the process of trying to get another computer so I mean, even if we were setting aside some of the other savings, that service alone has, has far-reaching impact in our community. Um, I'm super appreciative of the work that Channing has done. She's come in and just sort of taken all our information and filtered it down and, you know, had us look at some of our redundancy and our bylaws, <coughs> some of the things that we don't always get to as a board, but she's able to really look at the big picture and keep us on track. Um, but Two years ago, I brought to you the plan of service that the, the Peace River Librarian, its intention is to be sort of a guiding, <coughs> measuring stick that we have community consultation on, and then we create through this community consultation some what we call service responses. And our first service response is to increase our um, patrons in as adolescents adolescents uh, 13 to 18 and indigenous children preschool ages which I we didn't speak to today and maybe you can add to that but even in that one we are already uh, I would say exceeding our expectations in that department and I know that we were concerned maybe we weren't getting there but now it's starting to look like we're getting that group of, of patrons coming through our door would you agree with that statement Chatting? Uh, certainly with teenagers, we are overrun with teenagers a lot of the time, which has been an interesting change and we welcome them. Um, in terms of the, uh, the early literacy uh, the group for the Indigenous folk, with that focus, um, we have tried to make sure that we do have um, Indigenous stories. Um, we've welcomed Indigenous storytellers uh, a, a few times. Actually, I think uh, one of the pictures is, is one of the Indigenous storytellers that we had in. Um, so we are trying to make sure that we're, we're hitting not only um, welcoming people, but having that diverse content. Um, we tried a couple of different things as well that we haven't quite found uh, what's going to work in terms of, uh, like we've tried to do bilingual story times. Um, on Saturdays, we're not quite getting the people. Um, but we have gone back to what can we offer to that community in, ter in terms of reconciliation. So last year, for instance, we actually had a, was it a four-week or a six-week course, I can't recall, on uh, like in in intro to Cree. Um, so we had, we offered Cree language lessons through the library for free. Um, we've got, we've had uh, different crafting sessions where we've had crafters in to um, teach how to make dream catchers. Uh, I think we had one, it was a couple years ago, but on beading. Um, we are trying to make sure that we've got uh, content that is going to be welcoming to our target demographics. Um, we're, and for teens, we're working on, we've got a video game program running called Multiplayer Mayhem. We've got Craft Zone that's aimed at teenagers. Um, but honestly, they're really just coming in and enjoying the space as a hangout space. Um, and we appreciate that uh, that they're there because, you know, 
Well, you get to keep an eye on them. <laughs> I, I noticed that um, you've taken the initiative to kind of rearrange the at least the main floor is what I noticed, and um, that seems much more kind of open these days. And the other thing I'd like to comment on, I know I've gone to a couple of them, uh, the indigenous art that you uh, have a showing in June, which is uh, quite interesting. Yeah, yeah we moved uh, every book, <laughs> every single one, <laughs> all of them. Uh, <laughs> Everything moved, and when we were when we were reorganizing things, we were really thinking from a perspective of how can we have people grow through the library? How can we be more accessible, um, both for people with reduced mobility or uh, people who are learning to read English or learning to read? Um, so we really, when we were going through things, we we're trying to figure out how can we remain functional, but at the same time be more welcoming. So I'm glad you noticed. Okay. I have more questions. Well, by all accounts, Ms. Stenhouse, you're doing a great job in the library. We should probably give you the airport to manage as well. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> Okay. Was there a motion to reorder? Did I, did I have to vote on that? <laughs> I, I, I think uh, Ms. Stenhouse may actually politely decline that. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. I don't believe there's any further questions, but uh, thanks for uh, Mickey, uh, bringing to our attention what, all the good things that are happening at the library and uh, also your budget. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Discussion before the budget one. Okay. Because I see we've got somebody in the audience that's connected to that. Okay. Well, why don't we do? Um, why don't we do all the new business before budget deliberations? Just for town. Yes. Whatever council's discretion is. Uh, wish. Um, so we'll, we'll go to new business and we will. Uh, so there's a request for a decision on the nonprofit tax exemption for air cadets. Who's leading the discussion on that? You, Mr. Dell? I am. Excellent. Uh, your worship and council before you is a uh, request for a decision on a potential tax exemption for a not-for-profit organization. So council seen this, they discussed it at their last council meeting, so I'm not going to go into any great detail, but the recommendation and approved motion at the time was for the cadets to properly execute the um, proposed lease that they had with the, the property in question and then uh, resubmit their application, which they have done. So at this point, um, they are fully meeting the the criteria of the community property tax exemption program. Um, the report talks about the criteria that are used in terms of how the property is is held, and in this case, it is held. Um, and held means generally controlled, so they are responsible for 
for the certain aspects of the property, but they do not own it, um, which they do. Um, they have um, um, met that criteria, and the income generated from the activity um, cannot be distributed to a shareholder. So as again, as a not-for-profit, it generally stays within the organization. Um, and again, the second criteria here is there's no limit to its membership. Um, and it does enhance the quality of life or enhance programs, um, you know, provided to residents within the area. So because of that, and the uh, third set of criteria is, is not really as relevant, but again, since it is the sole use of the property, at least 60% of the time it is used, it will be used for the, the um, you know, uh, suggested or as, as per the requirement. Um, and there are no restrictions on the use and within the organization. Uh, so they do qualify for the program. Um, if approved, there is a financial impact to this. We have discussed this before as the budget was substantively completed and this came in um, both during and after that. Um, staff has not had the ability to budget for this. Um, if council approves the exemption, the budgeted amount would be about $1,500. And again, that is contingent on the prevailing tax rates at the time. And, 10, sorry, 10500 um, 100500 Okay. Um, so again, we will um, include this in our, our budget deliberations as an item if approved. Um, also do want to point out is that um, this is an increase to our, our exemption program. It has been static over the last several years. Um, there have been no new applicants um, since 2017, I believe. Um, so this is a, a change and an increase um, because we have been slowly increasing from about 85,000 in the past to 95,000 uh, this year. Um, if it does become a budget issue, and you know we are all all aware of the budget challenges that the town faces along with organizations and um, because of ongoing provincial downloading which has significantly impacted us this year. Um, if council does want to have a discussion on this in the future, there are mechanisms to look at mitigating um, this. So for example, council could set a cap or a ceiling on total exemptions for all properties within the town. I'll say $100,000 for example. And if the aggregate of all the requests come into a higher amount, we could then prorate them down or make other decisions to to hit a budget number if council so chooses. Again, as I said, that, that is an option. That is a potential further discussion. That sounds like something that would be really good to do during the summer um, to be able to have a, a full and fruitful conversation around the impacts um, to doing so. Uh, so there are a couple options. That first option one is that council approves the tax exemption on tax rule number two, three, three, four hundred for the 2020 tax year. Um, option two is that council declines to approve the tax exemption um, with administration recommendation that council choose option one and approve the exemption on tax rule two, three, three, four hundred for the tax year 2020. I'll move that council approve tax exemption on tax rule uh, 233400 for the 2020 tax year. Jay, I, I have a question. So uh, 
so so what cadets are uh, leasing this facility at what a thousand dollars a month I'm still trying to understand how they uh, they they qualify for the tax exemption and so we have an owner and he's leasing the building out to the cadets at a thousand dollars a month so I don't think we've said what the Okay. Amount is, but hypothetically, it's a thousand dollars a month, and there's no other <coughs> tenants to the building, and uh, that's correct. <coughs> the, from my understanding of the lease, they have sole use of the property, okay, and, and utilization of it, and it is similar to other facilities that okay. we have within the town. And those other facilities would be, um, for example, the the boxing club. Okay. Is under a similar arrangement as would the dance society okay. above Java Domain. Okay. Um, okay. That's my question. Any other questions? I guess the only caution would be if, and I, I don't expect anyone to do this because no one is this shady, but if they were to, you know, lease it out to one club, get the full exemption, and then find ways of right. leasing out other areas without our knowledge, and people don't do that on land they lease from us, from what I understand, on the regular, so. Well, yeah, I think we, we're just trying to find out if yeah. we're, we don't want uh, I guess sham leasing is, is it would be the point. I just wanted to make sure that the, the tax owner isn't using using the cadets as a front to get out of paying their taxes. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we're ready to vote. Okay. So uh, you have a motion on the floor to. Uh, to allow for the tax exemption. All in favor? Okay, uh, Mr. Needham. Maybe we lost it, but it looks like it's passed, so in fact it has passed. So. Okay, thanks. Um, there, the next item under new business is Peace River Library Revised Bylaw Request for Decision. Your Worship and Council, I don't really have anything more to add than what uh, the Director of the Library provided for information to you, unless Council has any questions on this particular item. So, someone want to make a motion? Okay, all in favor? Um, request for decision on Northern Lakes College Convocations. So, Council has received two uh, invitations to attend the Northern Lakes College Convocations, which I am proud to say are being held in our very own Baytex Center. Uh, Baytex Energy Center. I stand corrected. 
The first one is uh, for the nurses capping cap and pin ceremony. And that is in the capacity of an honored guest. Uh, but an audience member uh, council is not invited to participate in that event. The second one is to bring greetings uh, to the graduates and uh, speak to them on uh, personal or other matters related to their graduation. So June the 4th? June the 4th and June the 5th. One is in the evening of the 4th and the other one is in the afternoon of the 5th. Well, there are lots of pre-planning on the part of North Queens College. Very good. I think they, they have uh, like 400, 800 or so. Well, this is for the entire Northern Lakes, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. this is Quite often it's in Slave Lake. So, Mr. Mayor, I would um, move that the mayor designate being able to attend the practical nursing uh, capping and pinning ceremony on June 4th, 2020, and the mayor designate being able to attend the Northern Lakes convocation on June 5th, 2020, and provide a message to the graduates. Okay. Onver? A note for council when the schedules are being arranged that uh, this may be someone should be considered by someone who is not attending FCM as there is probably a date conflict. Okay. There's also a request for a decision regarding the visit of the APEGA president. So I'll speak to this one really quick. An invitation has been received to meet with the president of APEGA, the Association of Professional Engineers and Geoscientists of Alberta, um, to discuss local and provincial issues. So George Island, um, with a lot of letters behind his name, will be in Grand Prairie on March 11th and the Peace River on March 12th. Um, invitations have been extended for a representative from the council and guests to attend the dinner and reception um, and attending the local event on uh, March 12th makes the most sense that it is local. We don't incur travel or accommodation costs. Um, provides an opportunity opportunity to discuss local concerns along with relevant issues in the uh, professions. Um, council wasn't able to attend last year but was cancelled due to weather. Um, so there's two options that may or for designate being able to attend the APEGA president's visit um, on March 12th or, or decline. Uh, said event. Okay, motion to one effect or the other. So that mayor or designate <coughs> to attend the APEGA president's visit on March the 12th, 2020. Okay, all in favor? We lost Colin, I think. Yeah, we lost Colin, he just texted. Yeah. Oh, that's what, apologies. for the mayor <laughs> and not for the councillors. 
Okay, so we're back on track here, and we're going to do a uh, briefing note feedback on the referendum exit poll. Ms. McQuaig. Good evening, uh, Your Worship and Council. Um, I served as the presiding deputy of this vote. The CAO was the returning officer, but not only is he away ill, um, his role is basically overseeing and making sure all procedures were followed, and my job was to run around and make sure the wheels didn't come off the wagon. Fortunately, we have a very competent staff, and it was not an onerous task. As council, council is aware, uh, we had 178 votes cast, 13 were spoiled, two had nothing entered, which is counts as a rejected ballot. Of the remainder, 80, uh, 133 were cast in favor of the referendum, 30 were cast in opposition to the referendum given an affirmative vote of 82%. In addition to the referendum, council directed that an exit poll be prepared. This was developed after considerable discussion uh, as to what exactly council wanted to see captured. And uh, that's summarized on the first page, what is most important to residents? concerning the airport, uh, which, which aspects of the airport are most used. Uh, if not the nonprofit model, which model would residents prefer to see? Are residents actually concerned about what's going to happen to the airport in the future? How much are residents willing to contribute? And any additional thoughts, concerns, or comments? We were gratified that uh, although some of the responses were very passionate, they were at the same time very respectful and uh, we didn't receive anything abusive or otherwise untoward. Two things that uh, staff recommends that council take away from this. We can see that 178 representatives is a small number. It's approximately 3% of the vote. However, it should be considered also that the high number of spoiled ballots suggests that those that felt passionately about one aspect of the referendum took the time to come out and express their thoughts and feelings on the matter. And yet the majority of the remainder to an overwhelming 82% still opted to vote in favor. We could speculate as to why people stayed home, but in the absence of data, it's probably not helpful at this point. Rather than going through the questions on the exit poll, you notice that the data is presented in two formats. One is a word format or a text, and the other one is a Fancy graphic, thanks to the uh, Director of Corporate Services. Does Council have any questions or comments on how the data is presented or what is seen? If you look at page four, question two, 17 people voted other. Of those, 11 people voted none, meaning that they have never used airport services. However, every single one of these people left a comment. 
which seemed an interesting corollary that even though people don't use the service, they still had things to say. The comments weighted were, a couple were negative, a couple were neutral, a couple were positive, and the other three were, let's just regionalize the service. And if you take a look at the comments, it's quite clear that although a lot of education and material and discussion and information was presented, there's still some misunderstanding as to the ownership structure of the airport, the responsibility of the airport, and the funding structure of the airport. Anything? Questions, comments? Your Worship, I, I mean, first of all, I was really happy to see that all this information, especially the the written responses in their entirety, was we were able to put that together. That was really great. I guess that's one of the benefits of having a small number of people respond. Um, but I need to read it a few more times, really, before I can, uh, you know, feel like I can come up with like right off the top, nothing surprises me if that's a statement that I can use. There were opinions as there is in any issue on opposite ends of the spectrum. We had one person who said close the airport, get rid of it, and another person who said keep it at any cost, I don't care how much you raise my taxes. So regardless, council's going to have to find the happy medium. And apparently we have to plow the roads too. No, this was during the phase when our both of our graders were down for maintenance. Oh, okay. So there was no significant road work being done, unfortunately. So there was a little frustration. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that um, 100 out of the 100 and how many? Uh, 60, 170. So 100 out of the 178 um, used the restaurant, and yet the restaurant found it a hard time to make a go of it. Mm -hmm. It was by far the most used aspect of the airport was that restaurant. If you've only used it once in the last five years, you still pick the S, right? Yes. So it's like. Yeah. 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 On the other uses, there were uh, two mentions of the air show, and one mention of somebody had gone there on a tour. One of the air shows is <laughs> <laughs> Well, the poll itself is anonymous. Uh, if we have any information as to who made what statement, this is not being divulged. Well, I'm just saying if for the air show thing. Hey, your worship, is there an opportunity for me to jump in? Yeah, sure. I, uh, but, well, a well-done report, uh, Ruth. Uh, you know, I lots of data there, and I think J.D. maybe summarized it. We all need a little soap time, but this is a public document. It's obviously on our website. I, I guess I would, a couple of comments, I would throw out whether there's value in uh, sharing this with leaseholders at the airport. I, that's, I, I'm not sure, uh, but perhaps uh, I would also maybe, if we're going to go that so far, I'd be inclined to send it to the local MLA and perhaps, uh, is a, uh, a question to him. Uh, here's 
here's what we're dealing with. Peace River's uh, your biggest customer. This is a big issue for us. Uh, maybe we would solicit some input from him. And my final comment would be, I'm surprised by the misinformation that's out there, but I guess that's politics. I read on here, have left skip come in wanted to. What, that, that what, is a, what, was the, what was that statement? What do you think there? The statement is, should have let WestJet come in when they wanted to. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a, that's a, I'm not going to call it a lie, but I, I was actively involved with WestJet and the former mayor and myself, and we worked with Air Canada and WestJet. And there was never, ever, ever a commitment to come to Peace River. Uh, were they interested after they bought the Q400 and they looked at places like Lloydminster and Comox and Dawson Creek and, and Fort St. John? Well, yeah, there was, and we were on the list. But they, there was never, ever uh, a block of Peace River to WestJetter or any other airline. Uh, so, again, I don't know where these comments come from there's no name attributed to it but um it's strange how these little comments seem to get life and then end up here and i i hope people that read the report realize that that, that that's that's simply not true uh but again to circle back ruth i thought you did a good job on uh, sort of collecting your stuff uh, and maybe we should talk about distribution of your work we have shared it with our regional partners in advance of the special council meeting tomorrow. Um, we could make arrangements to send it to airport tenants if that's council's direction. I would throw that out to my colleagues and, and uh, they can decide. Okay, great. Well, my comment, my comment would be: Is, is the is, are the results of this are the results of this up on our website right now? They are. They're up on our civic web document. And we post the, the results or link to the results on Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, the agenda is linked to Facebook, but this document is not specifically linked to but Facebook. But the agenda is it's on there. The so. document will be linked to the council update that goes out immediately following a council meeting. So tomorrow morning there will be a post on the website that will get shared on social media that will link all of the relevant documents, all the things that get discussed in council. The, the reason for my question is, is that I believe that the majority of people who are engaged and interested are already accessing the information as it comes out and taking a look at it. So I'm, I'm not sure of the value of additionally sending it out. Um, I'm not sure that it would get to anybody, and I'm just saying not, not to avoid anybody, but I'm just not sure that the effort would actually get to anybody who's not already engaged. That's just a comment. Anything else? Interesting info, like the comments. Even if some of them were not on, on, on subject matter. <laughs> it's free speech, sir. It's a democracy. <laughs> Thanks, Ruth. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, we, will, we will take a break and come back for budget deliberations. Do you want a, a motion to accept that exit poll for information? Hi, you sure. All in favor? Recess. Ten minutes.
Yes, I was glad when this was bumped back a bit and I didn't have to follow the library. That just he wants to sort of go from like really happy to really morose. Are you going to tell us something else about how much money we saved or spent on various services? Because that was fun. That's no, I'll have to figure out some way to to capture that. Because it was money that I wasted on water, I would also set the high school. Well, every time like a plow goes down your street, we can try to parse out services like per property. But Which, by the way, for two councillors on 80th Avenue, we need to talk about this plow thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think, that, I think right? Joanna right would here? agree. Um, this year we weren't. No, okay. Um, just to refresh uh, council's memory. Again? So you're breaking up, yeah. Colin. <laughs> it's not four by four. Yeah. Trouble. So just to refresh council's uh, memory, and I'm, I'm sorry you can't see this, Councillor Needham. I'll try to uh, paint you a visual picture as we go along. But you do have some of the deliberation information that I distributed to, to council here. Um, on my presentation back on January 27th, I identified that we could break the budget down into some distinct decision packages. Um, so at the last meeting, we had talked about the base budget and the base budget pressures there. Council had received a comprehensive uh, listing of base budget changes, and that is identified within tab two of your, your binder. Um, you can refer back to, and again, those are more or less non-discretionary um, type items that we have in the budget that we need to um, utilize to maintain our existing service level standards. Um, looking back to that, um, was there any questions on any of our, our base budget information? Okay. I will also tell council that um, staff have not received any information or questions or information requests from the public. So. We're basically just carrying on at this point um, and assuming while not everyone is satisfied, they are probably not unsatisfied with the process. So tell we go. Um, tonight we're hoping to uh, discuss and approve water and wastewater rates um, and the impacts there. Unfortunately, Director McQuig is not with us. He's um, been under the weather for almost a week now and it's he was in for the morning, but it caught up to him. So. Um, he's not able to be here to discuss some of the items. I could discuss some, and I'm willing to do so, but if there's any specific questions, we could um, either defer this or have a general discussion now and, and kind of reintroduce it later. Um, but we're not ready to move on to other items, such as the capital improvement plan or the service level items. So I'm just going to back up and go to another screen here. And this is something council has seen before. This is our um, kind of virtual sheet that's been set up so we can see what the changes are in real time. And if you remember this sheet, this is the one that we looked at before. These, this is a virtual tax bill. We, for our purposes, we kind of revert tax rate increases back to required tax revenue increases. Um, as of right now, if we were to approve the budget and the budget book as is, 
um, for a house assessed at $325,000, which is near the average of, of a house price in the town of Peace River. The budget tax bill change would be about 2.9% year to year, which is also equivalent of the tax revenue increases that the town would, would need. Um, for this property or medium property, the annual change is approximately $85 or $7.08 per month, if you break it down that way. Uh, again, we have comparables at $7.8 a month. That's 1.4 Big Macs or 3.2 large Tim Hortons coffees. Um, it's amazing when I looked at last year's information how much cheaper gas is nowadays, so that's a nice benefit for the residents, but it's also equivalent to 6.6 .6 liters of gas or 0.7 of a Netflix membership, which has gone up $1 or approximately 12% over the last year. So, um, If it becomes a strain, maybe we could get like a group Netflix account for the entire town and just share that out. I don't know what the limits are. But, um, from a virtual tax bill perspective, that's that's really the range we're looking at, approximately a 2.9% increase on tax bills, you know, whereas as is. Um, but of course, I'm immediately going to go make a change because council has right now approved um, a property tax exemption for the air cadets at a budgeted amount of $10,500. So when I put a Y here to approve this, if you look at the top right now, our virtual tax bill is a $85 change or 2.9%. Um, that increase alone changes it by $3 up to $88 or a 3.0% increase. So that's the nature of our budget, even though we're talking fairly small amounts, they do have a significant impact. Um, our total tax revenues are approximately $11 million. So increasing so generating 1% um, is about $112,000 on each percent that we raise uh, property taxes. So, you know, $10,000 would be one-tenth of a percent. So that 3% was 3% of what? Of the 85 or something else? 3% increase over last year. Yeah. So $10,000 is 3%? No, $10,000 $10, added one-tenth. Yeah. I'll just back up here and I'll show you again. So if I delete this this here, and I'll go up to the top. If you're looking at my screen, you'll see right now the impact is 2.9%. And that's, and I'm just going to roll back here. That's predicated on year-to-year -year changes. Our deficiency, our budget or deficit right now is 323000 870, which will align with the information shown on table one, which is page 20, which is our budget deficit of $323,870. So those match, those those numbers align. Uh, and since each 1% revenue increase generates approximately $112,000, $114,000, a 3% increase to tax revenues is needed to bridge the gap um, up to that $323,870. So again, by adding this personal or the property tax exemption, it's going to increase from 29 to 3%.
so a tenth of a percent on required tax revenues. Council will have the ability to come back and talk about these other service level items that we've identified um, and have discussions around those. If others need to be introduced, Council could uh, work to identify what they think and we could have a discussion around those. Um, and further information will be coming forward to, to Council to assist in that decision. Within your deliberation binders, for example, um, you now have you know, fairly comprehensive information on the library budget. There's now information on the Chamber of Commerce sponsorship. Um, Director McQuaig will be adding additional information on the, the casual labor request that he has um, here, and again, to allow Council to make a fulsome uh, decision on, on those items. Although, Greg, I would hazard that when we looked at the Chamber of Commerce sponsorship, um, that really is just funding that we had given out of a different pot, and now we're looking at it in a different place. And that's an option. So from a budgeting perspective, I have added it right. to the budget without reducing our grants to groups um, budget. If council wants to consider this option, and then in conjunction reduce our grants to groups um, budget from $50,000 down to $44,500, that is an option. I wasn't going to make that assumption, but that is something that can be considered within these deliberations. Okay, thank you. So the um, um, Chamber of Commerce uh, amount that we approved for uh, something recently. We did the uh, So that is included in one of these budget columns already, the $3,000? Yeah, so for for now, what we've done, since we haven't approved the sponsorship concept, we've just coded it or charged it to the grants to organizations amount like we normally would. If council approves this, we will we will deal with that, that accounting and, and split it out or, or parse it out. So over the whole thing, if we approve that, it was to go up by 2,500 total? No, this is actually almost the same. What is it? Difference? It is similar. That's something council will see. I'm going to go pull the 19 or the 2018-2019 invoices to show what the oh, actual okay. difference is, um, just so you do see what we have spent in the past and be able to make the comparison. I've done the preliminary work and that'll be provided. Yeah. And as I mentioned, the chamber is scheduled to come in. Um, President Justin Hicks will be in at the GMP on March the second which um, if everything lines up as it should, that'll be our final um, day for deliberations. We'll deal with service level items that evening. Um, anyone that has an impact on service level discussions will um, have come in at that point um, with hopeful approval of the budget at the next council meeting on March the 9th, subject to everything else kind of falling in, in place. Tonight, what I was hoping to do, and as we had said within the uh, the budget uh, presentation, was uh, approval of the water and wastewater rates. Um, there's some information on this, which is provided on page 21 of your budget book. Um, the detail for these accounts are shown within the book on pages 52 to 55. Um, and Council has seen the base budget changes um, last week within 
page or tab two of your deliberation binder. Um, what I also have up on the screen are the, the same amounts that were shown last week, which are showing from a base budget perspective um, revenue increases of 373170 um, This is a little different from how we do the taxation side because staff have assumed the rate changes and the proposed rate changes are an increase of 68 cents for the upcoming year or 12.6% I believe the number is and um, which would increase the rate to $6.08 per cubic meter and there are some, some new sales which are assisting in the revenues transfers from reserves are down other revenues are up and other revenues are bulk water sales or, or sewer dumping uh, or other activities that the town does um, again, we talked about the, the expenses, um, and again, I, I did share, I can discuss these in general terms, but they are um, Director McQuay's domain. Uh, there is a shift within the budget. Um, we had done or focused on um, facility and equipment type maintenance over the previous couple of years. From a budget perspective, we are shifting those costs away from facility repairs, not to say that we're not doing repairs it's just some repairs that we've accomplished have been done and we are able to shift those to other parts of the budget and in this case um, it's just a significant shift to line work for repairs as they pop up last year we had three or four significant water or sewer line repairs um, so we need to um, amend our budget to account for those because as our infrastructure ages that's just going to get worse and worse um, so some of this is hopefully to be able to capture those some of those before they happen but truthfully a lot of them will be responsive in nature to deal with breaks as they occur again the new expenditure increases and the bottom number there which I'm showing on my my screen is the debt charges those are the upcoming debt charges for reservoir um, Oh my God, I'm blanking. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, which council had approved in previous capital budgets. We need to build that, that um, the venture amount in this year's budget because work is occurring this spring and the money will be um, deventured this year. Um, not the entirety, but a significant amount of the difference to be made up um, through a deventure probably in 2021. So Greg, the amount that you're the amount that you're considering the 60 or that we're considering the 68 cents it was a little higher than I had originally thought it was going to be and is that the debt charges that we're looking at that's part of that increase I would say no I, I think the debt charges so the debt charges are part of the increase but I think you know those were those are reasonably known and planned in advance, the debt charges are 97,000 of the 373. So there's clearly another $280,000 of of other charges, which are really operating type costs and components for um, sewer and water line issues um, that we are we are starting to see more frequently within the town.
doctors. So let's just go to the doctor. So great uh, changes. I'm sure Mr. Tom can hear me. Uh, revenues, rate changes proposed. So we're going to go up to, so what's the rate going to be? $6.08. And what is it currently? $5.40. Okay. Uh, and we're expecting $75,000 from new water sales. Uh, that'd be to Dixonville and the County of Northern Lights. Um, Predominantly, there's also going to be some sales down Shaftesbury. And that is because there's more people in Shaftesbury? No, the, 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 the jail is. They are actually going to take on they, that? They are, yeah. Uh, is that a 100% certainty? Because they've been telling us that for the last 10 years. No, they've, they are, they've done the work to connect. I believe they've actually connected to the water co-op line there waiting to energize it and um, ensure that we are able to uh, deal with it on this end because now there's a little bit of question whether we have the pump capacity to to service that and that's something that we're working on but they they're basically at the point where they're putting in an application for to take service and the interest in overdue accounts is that from people who have skipped town and not going to pay or nope those are interests on just outstanding accounts from from residents in general, um, delinquencies on water bills have increased over time. We've seen that on the tax side also, and it's probably a little bit of the function of the environment where, you know, people are deferring water payments if they need to worry about other issues first. And the you've got a so what, why is this in brackets transferred from operating reserve? We're going to add to the operating reserve, or we're pulling thirty-seven thousand dollars. We're pulling out thirty-seven thousand dollars less than we had in previous years. Oh, okay. So how much are you actually pulling out then? <coughs> Where would I find that number? That number would be available. Yeah, what page are you on in the book? So I'm at the very back. I'm under Appendix 5. Okay. I'm looking at page um, 115. So let's back up to page 103. What? 103? Yep. So about just over halfway down on page 103, there's a it's a section called Water Administration. So you'll see account number 18100, which is transfer from our operating reserve. Okay. Previous year had been 65,890. Okay. This year it's 37,290, so that's a reduction of 28,600. Um, if you go down three more lines from there, which is transfer from operating reserve under wastewater, it's a reduction year to year reduction of 89,20, so it went from 57,000 down to 48,820. So we have a reserve that's called water wastewater? We do. It's um, 
There's operating monies and capital monies, which we. And how much is in there right now? I would have to gather that information for you. I don't have that with me. Um, operating monies we are using. I'm trying to recall. The reserve was set up for the purchase of. Not, not ten, there's there's some materials at the, the treatment plant that that are purchased. Um, what are treatment chemicals? No, more more filters like large large filters. Oh, okay. Um, and as those fer filter purchases fluctuate, the reserve goes up and down with it to accommodate because they are quite pricey, and we do this as a um, stabilization thing on, on the water rate. So there's um, adjustments that are made there, and again, thirty thousand year to year change just to minimize um, spikes here. I wouldn't mind knowing how much is in that total reserve. Okay. I will capture and get that for you. So those are the. Um, you just scroll on down. And yep. So why is software, uh, a so that's a reduction over last year? We are, we are changing our SCADA software. Um, there was a product we were using, we were paying a significant oh. annual cost for that. We are abandoning it for another product and that's literally the net difference that we are, okay. uh, we will recognize on, on that change. And we're reducing testing? Yep, uh, testing for both the water and sewer plants is just a budgetary reduction year to year. Uh, does that actually make sense? Because we have to, uh, don't we have to gear up and do some lead testing uh, in residential areas? They don't deal with lead. You better get the lead out and find some money for us, Mr. Needham. Uh, okay, and uh, facility repairs, those are anticipated less equipped. Oh, you said what you're doing is you're transferring some of the repairs and maintenance that were originally done under, under the water and wastewater team to public works. Well, no, what I, so what I meant there, so if you look under repairs and maintenance, facility repairs and equipment repairs, there are reductions, year-to-year -year reductions of well over $100,000. Some of those items were one-year items that were going to fall off the books anyway, so we did do some um, lighting repairs at the sewer treatment plant. Um, they put in the lighting that didn't generate um, sparks, so, you know, non-explosive non type lighting. That would have fallen off the books anywhere. There's also some gates, automatic gates and fencing that would have fallen off. Um, and we're taking the savings from these items here to account or deal with the breaks that we're going to see here, which are contracted services for water breaks, sewer breaks, uh, amounts for reservoir cleaning at our reservoir treatment or our reservoirs, um, 
contracted work at the water treatment plant. So it's an internal shift, even though we're seeing some savings within the fund. We're also seeing significant increases in, in other challenges dealing with our, our emergent repairs and items as they come up. So it's, it's not really um, a shift of work from water to public works per se, it's just a recognition that these are the, the upcoming costs to deal with these items, whether they are dealt with internally or externally to, to uh, maintain the, the service to residents. Paging down and just try to run through this. Okay. Okay. So, as I said, I'll get you the answer on those those reserve balances, um, and Director McQuaig will be able to speak to these at, at a future session. Um, again, since we're not approving anything, it's just making council comfortable and um, kind of receive their their acknowledgement that you know we we've gone through these. These will be the increases or or amendments unless there's there's changes to the budget and the ability to do so. I will defer back to Director McQuay because I can only speak to them generally. Do you have um, an idea of how the federal carbon tax will affect the whole, like all the utilities that are in the town, other than negative? Yeah. Um, I could gather the numbers. So the way that we do the budget, it's all um, we do it based on so um, electricity, for example. We don't we don't look at the previous year budget and say we're going to increase it by four percent or something like that. We look at the previous year's usage, and then we do increases based on that. So I'd have to go look at what rate um, we're charged, and then what amount I put in for for the uh, carbon levy. I believe I want to say it's. <coughs> approximately a 10 or 11 percent increase on the levy amount um, and those have been built into both well all electricity fuel and um, into some of the vehicle costs because there's impacts on price at the pump also and the software that you spoke of in here somebody else is using that software somebody else similar to us is using the software for the, you mean the new software? Yeah. I, I can't say for certain on what the other usage is. I just know that we were able to to abandon the old stuff and, and utilize a new package at significantly reduced price. So great. Sorry, I'm, I'm not 100% understanding the, the price or the water rate changes. Yeah. Um, We've talked before about how things that come up over the year we deal with in the form of variances, correct? That's sort of our approach. Yes. But it looks like we're increasing our contracted expenses or expenses and our and our staffing expenses for some of those water breaks and sewer breaks because we were reflecting on on the twenty nineteen year. Is that where we're going with that? Well, the 2019 year and the variances associated with are indicative of what we would expect to see okay. as we come up in future years. So, you know, we have seen some water line and sewer line breaks in 2018, um, and they're fairly easily repaired um, at a lesser amount. In 2019, that number quadrupled. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I we don't know if it was a bad year. Um, 
I'm assuming it was both a bad year plus the more common or, or what would we consider more typical as we come up um, and deal with the infrastructure. And, you know, it was also a cold year last year. We, um, we did have, have that really cold spell in February when we had the bad water line breakdown or sewer line break by BLI, um, which was an expensive, um, deep and long. It's, it's also one of the ones where you start tearing out a section, the rest is crumbling. You know, it's tough to replace 10 feet. As soon as you touch something, you're probably doing hundreds of feet potentially. And that was a situation that happened last year. And when you're dealing with 40, 50, 60 year old pipes, you know, as soon as you touch them, this is almost uh, what we have to do to to ensure they're, you know, they're, they're rehabbed okay. uh, and they're not crumbling as you know, on a further section. Um, so I don't want to drag this out too much. Again, as I said, if there's any further questions, um, you know, please ask. We'll gather these these information pieces and give them back to to council for the future um, sessions. But you know, again, we've we, we've talked about this over the years, and you know, this is coming back where the challenges on the infrastructure for some of our services, and again, these underground services are are getting very pricey to to deal with. And as soon as you touch them. You're into them for a significant touch, right? So that's one of our challenges. Great. Um, so with that, we will end the budget discussions for this evening. Um, future discussions as we get into future weeks, we'll have um, organizations here to discuss their, their budgets again for greater understanding or their service level items. And next session, we will. Um, start talking about our capital budget and uh, our capital projects for the upcoming year and impacts on, on taxes. Did you your first slide in the PowerPoint or your second slide? What were the pages you wanted us to? Okay, so approval of water and wastewater 52 to 55, and the other one was page 21. Yep. And capital section. Okay, and the uh, 84 Yes, that's the proposed capital improvement plan for the upcoming year. Okay. Okay. So you went back X number of months ago and uh, after you came and talked to us and you cut out what you thought you you absolutely you only took what you absolutely thought you needed. That that's correct. We um, did have those discussions and staff have pared this down um, and ultimately deferred some projects for, for future years. But the capital budget that is provided will not impact our current year um, tax rate or, or revenue needs. Any amendments to the capital budget um, increases could have impacts there. So for example, we wanted to do an additional project um, or change amounts. Um, we would have to find the money and quite frankly, our, our only source at this point is, um, well, I shouldn't say only, our, our most um, reasonable or potential um, 
source of revenue at this point is using <coughs> debt. Our reserves are uh, fairly minimal, and I'll again provide that information to council just so we're cognizant. Um, but we have talked about what, what we could spend in a year um, of our own funds. This year it's about 4.3-4.4 million dollars uh, before there's impacts to, to our tax rate or, or tax revenue requirements. And when you go to service level initiatives on page 22 to 23, so uh, notwithstanding Johanna Downing's comments, the Chamber of Commerce wants $5,500 from us. Fire protection at the airport, 73000 So uh, we already supply fire protection at the airport, so what are you trying to do with this number? So there's two numbers that are here because there's also a revenue offset. This is an accounting treatment of the fire protection at the airport, okay. where the airport would um, be billed for the service that is provided by the Peace Regional Fire Department. Um, and since it's a substantive change, even though there's no budget impact, we are soliciting council approval for this item. Okay. And uh, Public Works is looking for additional laborers. Well, that's why you put 44,000. That's correct. Director McQuig is uh, requesting two uh, casual laborers for approximately 20 weeks each during the summer months um, to allow for vacation replacements um, um, to be able to do just more labor type work. Um, we predominantly have machine operator one, twos, and threes, and not many laborers, and this would just allow um, us to bring in some casual forces to um, supplement our, our people that are off during the summer months or to do that casual labor work. Uh, library funding. Um, why is that a negative brackets? Are they giving us money back? Do they well, collect that much in five? No. So, so what this is, and again, this is a staff identified amount. Um, if council remembers, uh, two years ago we did increase their funding by approximately twelve thousand dollars, and that was to offset the legislated um, labor changes that had come in on um, staff holidays and and overtime and other types of benefits at the, the library and that affected all organizations throughout the province. Um, since those changes or legislative items have been rolled back, um, we are gauging council's interest to reduce their funding or claw back that amount um, if they so choose. The way that we're showing in the budget is um, we have not included this amount yet and if I just put a Y here to show a yes, um, it does reduce the total tax levy or tax revenue requirement, um, but right now it, it's, you know, the, the, the change has not been taken out and won't be taken out until council, you know, shows their affirmative there. And again, staff's recommendation isn't necessarily to do that and, and to claw that back, but we are providing council that option as it is something that you know, there, there's very few places to be able to to impact the budget, and this is one that was identified as an option. So, but the library has asked for 3.75% increase? Uh, no. Uh, that's the increase that they've seen over the last several years. And again, that was predominated on our 20, either 17 or 18 increase of this $12,000 amount. Um, so if you look at their budget, 
I do believe it was zero zero three point seven zero, and then this year they're they're asking for zero again. But I don't think they volunteer the are giving up this twelve thousand. Oh no, they they would prefer that we don't. Obviously, but again, we did want to give council the option to at least consider. I mean, the, the, the did we give the library the option to consider? <laughs> and your worship, the twelve thousand assumes that uh, that uh, the minimum wage also went down with the change in government, and that did not happen. Oh. Or and it didn't include for any inflationary items that we as a town would look at, but haven't expected our library to. Oh, okay. So, are you, are you going to get uh, Danny on that? Decrease the minimum wage? Well, <laughs> we just have to hire people that are under uh, 17 years of age. And then we can pay them less. Oh. They're worth less. <laughs> um, Given that I am exposed to people under the age of 17, I can agree with that statement. Yes. <laughs> when they get more age and experience we're, and usefulness, then they are we're, we're still under recording. Well, <laughs> that doesn't change the fact. The, the economics of labor and skill are not to be argued with. You can trifle with them, but they're real. Okay. Okay, that's uh, it for me. Anybody else have questions on this? So, because you covered what you wanted to cover today, budget deliberations. Ultimately, I know it's a little abbreviated. Um, again, with Director McQuig not here, I can only go into so much uh, detail. But you know, we, we did hit, you know, generally the bulk of one of the decision packages, and uh, that's two of the big four ones. Um, just a question: uh, When will we discuss, discuss neighborhood uh, renewal program and um, sort of the basis for the? Dis the possible work as described on page 84. When would we discuss that part of things? So our capital budget discussion will be um, next meeting on the 24th. If you have any specific questions about this, um, if you want to get in touch with Director McQuaig, and I don't know if you're talking about the timing of some of these or, or other questions, but um, you know anything specific you could either Get in touch with Director McQuig before or during uh, that meeting. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Great, thank you. Okay, so what's, uh, what's next on the agenda, Ms. McQuig? You have two council committee reports, one from the Peace Regional Healthcare Attraction Retention Committee, and one is a summary of a meeting on the Rural Community Crime Pilot Project. So, uh, the uh, people on the, on the Physician Retention and Attraction Committee, do you want to make any comments on this story? Um, yes, I'll just comment that one of the major things that's upcoming is a high school skills day. On April 22nd, and we'll have about 40, 40, 48 students from the three high schools in town um, touring the um, hospital and setting up at different stations and doing little practice labs with uh, staff. And the other is on April or June 4th, which is the same 
stages was mentioned for Northern Lakes. That evening, uh, council will be invited to um, a supper, basically an appreciation supper for the healthcare uh, staff, particularly doctors in town. That's all I'll say. Where does the supper happen? April 4th. So you can have supper and then you, in June 4th, you have supper and then you can march over to the Baytex and uh, watch the nurses getting their pins. Okay. Uh, are the doctors going to attend that ceremony? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is also during FCM week. And the other one was information item on what was it? The road crime prevention pilot project. Do you want to speak to that, Mr. Ford? I wasn't actually part of the meeting, but uh, to my understanding, the, the as far as the pilot project goes, um, we are partnered with uh, Northern Sunrise County. And uh, from what I've been hearing from the, from the members that are on that committee, um, we're pretty much way ahead of uh, everybody else in the province of what we're doing as, as far as uh, rural crime in, in our region and uh, should, should getting the, uh, the information out to the public and, and conferences and stuff like that. So should I take from that statement that the, the, that the crime rate is dropping faster in this community than in other communities? I can't answer that question whether the crime rate is up or down um, when it comes to rural crime, but it, the, the trend does seem to be going up. And that's, uh, is that it? So we're ready to go and uh, shortly go on camera. Sir, did council want to accept the reports for information? Yeah. Uh, you make that motion? Who's making that? All in favor? In uh, favor. There are half a dozen information items. Okay, so now we're actually. So, investing in Canada infrastructure program. Are we going to embarrass Ms. Bell at the amount of no's she's been getting as of recent? Yeah, well, I, so are these all no's? Yeah. Yes. yes. General knows. I don't know how I didn't just go with that. I knew they were going to be no, so it wasn't that surprise. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> so, does that include Reservoir 365? It's a no. That one I wasn't as that. It does. Reservoir 365, we had to, uh, in order to get the project started and knowing that there would be no award prior to this spring, we had to um, withdraw from the process. So we knew this was going to be a no. We did. We got provincial funding. This is the federal program, but the federal program is reopening this year. So uh, depending on the town's capital needs, we could reapply for uh, basically uh, anything that is council priority. All of the above. All of the above. But we won't get them because they're already started. That's right. We would have to apply for funding for new projects. So, so you're for, are you open for comments? Yeah. So, like, there's a whole family of these things. Uh, I'm back to sharing fame, and uh, I don't see the MLA's name on any of these things. Uh, 
these rivers to the EMLA's biggest customer. This, these have significant impacts on the voters. Like, why don't we package these things up and send them over to Mr. Williams' office and ask him to uh, put shoulder to stone and uh, help us uh, achieve some of these things? But this is this is this is federal money. It would be our member, our MP on MLA. Not really, because it's signed by Shannon Flint, who's deputy minister for In order for us to be eligible, we have to be approved through the appropriate provincial minister. So in 2018 and the early part of 2019 at AUMA and various conferences, we were aggressively buttonholing the ministers and trying to get meetings and try to get their sign off. We have went down to Edmonton for the purpose of having a meeting with the Minister of Infrastructure to try to get some movement on a couple of these projects. Uh, there was a very regrettable misunderstanding on the rec center, but given that it's a completed project, I don't think we're going to get any funding for it now. Yeah, it's too late now. So as soon as those projects uh, started, the province, according to their level of criteria, then exempts the projects immediately. So they will not support them to move them on to and recommend to the federal government. So we've been through this already with our provincial level and sent many letters asking to please sir <laughs> help us out so this is just the formality coming that, was, that was the old gal we, we got a new guy now uh, like what, what, is, what does it cost to send a letter to an mla i agree i i think we like, should like, i think it's actually like what the hell it's a letter because this is government create some paper lay this thing out for people in black and white letters like this is dealing with bureaucracy in Edmonton and an MLA that doesn't understand what our priorities are. We can lay it out for them. I think it's actually that might be the way of putting it, sending a letter and saying these were our priorities, uh, these are our infrastructure these were our infrastructure priorities for uh, for this year and uh, next year and uh, we're we're getting rejected at, at even at deficit and priorities and we uh, we want uh, his reply in a, in a short order uh, well we we would request his support in in, uh, in uh, putting these back on the agenda I think if Ruth after what you said that would be my motion I would agree so a comment I would like it also to go to um, some of the federal departments just 
any that have any little bearing on this because um, we seem to be stuck in a situation where we're we're too small for the big $500 million project, so that seems to eliminate us from some of the federal monies. At the same time, we can't get federal monies because we have to plan a project but not do any foreplanning on it in order to get funding somehow or other. Yeah. We'll tell them how we want to use our equalization money. Okay, all in uh, favor of uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Needham's motion? Okay. Any against? Okay. I was saying that that was a unanimous vote there. Um, okay, so that's the infrastructure program. Um, and Northern Alberta Development Council work, Workforce Survey. What's important about that piece of information? Um, I'd like to speak to this one quickly. This is something that came through. Last one we believe was two years ago. Um, and staff will fill this out and identify um, challenges to uh, certain industries or professions up in the north. First one might be peace officers, but um, we will identify you know areas where we have challenge uh, recruiting or maintaining them. Okay. Uh, certain types of professionals or, or industry groups, um, at least for organization, and uh, we'll do what we can to ensure it gets out to a broader group. Um, Dr. Councillor Downey, do you know if uh, the Chamber has seen this? Uh, as far as I know, it has, but I'll forward it on to them. Too. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Uh, and so, should we have a motion to direct administration to complete the North Alberta Development Council workforce survey? Moved. All So have we dealt with all six of these items or is there one of these infrastructure items that we're not going to put on the list? You said the uh, rec center is... Yeah, it's, it's done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we can... Uh, Wait, yeah, just adjust the motion. Yeah, I'm sure the, rec, the rec center should likely come off of that list, but there's the other ones. Yeah. yeah certainly. Okay. okay so maybe the, we have to remove Reservoir 365 because the project has commenced, but there are three that are still eligible. Yeah. Okay. Good. Excellent. Okay, so maybe just adjust that motion. Sorry. At the same time for that reservoir one, um, we should put something in there about how important this was and okay this didn't apply and we are six of the 700 so <laughs> we're kind of a big ratio of applicants there i'd have to check the math but i believe the turnaround time on this project was something like 14 or 16 months on a loan application for a project that we rated as critical Are there any notices of motion, Mr. Town? There are not, Your Worship. I see the public has left the gallery, so we will move on to item uh, 13. Key communication items. Uh, so, Ms. Uh, uh, Noom, uh, what, what do we need to emphasize out of today's meeting? Um, 
We'll be okay. looking at the referendum exit poll results as a big one. Okay. Is that it? Oh, all right. All right. Um, so based on at least the uh, the uh, turnout of the referendum, I mean, looking through the package, it was quite a bit of comprehensive information you got. We're getting only approximately somewhere between three and four percent of the actual voting right. public to vote. Um, were you hoping for more than that? Well, I, I didn't expect much more. Um, the last time we had a by-election was they only got 400 people out. So, um, and that that's a decision that affects that uh, affects every issue going on for X number of years. This was one specific issue, and uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, certainly not every town resident uh, has a vested interest in the airport. So. I'm not going to lie, I miss it from going to go and visit my brother in Calgary every uh, every so often on the weekends, but that, that's just me. Um, also, I guess the next one on the uh, on the uh, grant applications, that's uh, obviously tough news, but I know in saying that too, I know one mayor in Ontario who said that, well, it didn't work the first three times, so we applied a fourth time and it worked, and this oh. was for a uh, critical stretch of roadway, and I know you were mentioning that some of that infrastructure is critical. Um, where do you go from here? Uh, maybe Colin Ham can uh, speak to that. Uh, he was, he's quite passionate about uh, grants and, and being refused. So, Mr. Needham, do you want to comment on that? Are you suggesting that we haven't been successful? Because, uh, I mean, we haven't. I mean, I've looked at 99 streets five. We've been successful at, but I mean, we have lots of capital projects. We've got capital projects that way exceed our budgets. We don't undertake those capital projects unless we have funding, and we either get the funds through debentures or tax increases or through grants. So uh, it's terribly frustrating. Uh, you know, elected officials show up for ground opening and rubber, rubber and cutting of ribbons, but they're not there to help us get the money. So uh, uh, it is a little frustrating. Uh, I think what we'll do is just. Uh, keep at it and uh, the recreation center is done, but there's other projects that are on the list and we'll do the best we can. Keep at it. I don't have anything to add to that. The meeting tomorrow, is it public? Yep. It is? Okay. So we'll see you then for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Twice in one week, you get to come back to see local people. Okay. 5.30 is it? 530. Okay, uh, so that, that's pretty well it. We're on recess for two or three minutes and then we'll go on camera.